This is Alpha Geek Radio. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Go to like seven and a half people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have your first <laughs> your first challenge is to fight to the death for one of your beeps you have to split them in half. <laughs> August 13th, this is Casually Hardcore. I'm your host, Grail. I'm Bindi, but it's August 14th. <laughs> what did they say? It is August 14th. What did I say? I don't know. 13th? 13th? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, the podcast listener, we can post this at any time. I could say it's Christmas Eve of 2018, <laughs> and it will it still Monday. be valid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not Monday the 13th. Oh, my God. All right. So August 14th. <laughs> Sheesh. Oh, and I'm Daxa. There you go. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to do that again. No, I wasn't going to restart. We're just going. Just go. We're just going to go. Since All right. Vindy ruined the start anyway. We're professionals. Jesus. Yeah. She right. ruined the start. Well, <laughs> she ruined it by pointing out my error. Oh, God. Out <laughs> of course. Of course, because Grail is perfect, so you're not, not allowed to point out when he makes mistakes. There are opportunities. <laughs> Now I'm spilling tea. All right. So on this week's episode of Casually Hardcore, we just got through a week of Gishwez, which for those that aren't in the know is the greatest international scavenger hunt the world has ever seen. Something that's been hosted for six years. Uh, you guys know? I think I think six so. or five. Yeah. Six because there's six different mascots. Okay. And that's, yeah. So there you go. So it's uh, been going on, and this is we've all done it for the past <laughs> three to does four. It. <laughs> right. We've all done it. You should too. Exactly. Uh, so now we've done it for the past three and four years. This is the final year of it. So we definitely wanted to dedicate a lot of time to it. So we're going to be talking about our final experience with Gishwez and the stuff we did, as well as just any thoughts about the whole thing in general. Uh, second topic is going to be around endings for games and movies. And really, I want to talk about, and the, I'll, I'll get into why this, this topic came to mind, but the, I really want to talk about the difference between a very set ending in terms of you know what, you, it kind of wraps the story up versus a more ambiguous ending and kind of which you prefer or if there's something you don't prefer and uh, we'll go from there with that. Yeah. So let's start with Gishwez. Yes. Well, Gishwez, what can you say about it? Every year, or at least the previous years, I've felt that I've had so much fun. I've met some amazing people through Gishwez. We've had some really good people on our teams. Every year you're going to have one or two people or three people or possibly four this year that... <laughs> 
<laughs> that don't actually pull their weight. There's 200 items on this list. So the whole goal is to do as many of the items as you can. However, composition is super important because um, you can get extra points. So if you take a really bad, fuzzy, you know, out of focus picture, you're not, you may get the minimum amount of points. But if you set that picture up within a setting in context and take an amazing shot you're definitely going to get more points so I think um, every year we have a particular opportunity <laughs> as Grail says on our team and I believe this year our opportunity was that we all became illiterate all of a sudden we just couldn't oh read my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Everybody no. had that issue. There was just, again, a select few individuals had the issue of one word is apparently a very hard phrase to uh, interpret. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so to 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 give the radio listener what we're talking about. So, one of the items that happens every year is there's a group photo. So teams are comprised of 15 people, and one of the items is always to have a photo with squares or whatever, just basically showing each of your team members, usually holding a sign or something that denotes where they're from. So, you know, if they're from, because it's international, so it could be folks in the United Kingdom, could be people in Japan, could be folks here in the U.S. So... And there's usually a theme for it as well, or like I should say, there's always yeah. a theme. There's for always it. a theme. So this yeah. year's theme was you were caught by aliens and you were put into a specimen case, and the thing that they wanted you to display was whatever picture you wanted to show how you were put into the case, as well as a one word that describes what's unique about you. One word descriptive term. Yeah. One word. <laughs> one, one lonely word. <laughs> one. There word. was no lonely in it. It just said one word. <laughs> well, maybe and that's why that. people put so many words because they thought one word was too lonely. So, and then not only that, but also one of the um, one of the commandments, which is the rules, is no interpretation. Do not interpret. Right. So if they basically say we want a picture with the queen, they want you to take a picture with the queen of England. They don't want you to take a picture um, with a poster of the queen or a picture with a doll of the queen. They want you to take it with the queen. So that interpretation was very the no interpretation clause was completely ignored this year. I feel yeah. Like. They were yeah. like, what? Well, it says this, but we don't have that. So we're going to do this instead. I'm like, no. uh, no. It doesn't work like that. What you should do is put more effort into the other items exactly. that you have. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's what we should have, we should have done, but we had some really good times, um, doing this. And actually one of the things I was talking to, um, Vindy about, was that Grail, when we first started this, was like, ah, oh, you always get, because I always get all the challenges that have a lot of people. So I have a lot of planning going to my challenges. There's always, it's always like for the first three days, it looks like I'm not doing anything because I'm not posting anything because I'm planning for days and days and days trying to get all these people together. And then finally, everything comes in at the end. But at the beginning, Grail was like, ugh, you always get all these where... You have to have all these people, and I have to be in all these shots dressed in all these weird costumes, and it wasn't his thing. And this year, 
he was like, oh, I have to work on the day that you're doing it with all the people. I really wanted to be in those. <laughs> so it just goes to show you that it really opens you up to new experiences, which is one of the things Misha Collins wants to do with this, is he wants to make sure that you're coming out of your comfort zone and opening, your, opening yourself up to new experiences and being giving and and inclusive and just being an all-around great person and creative person, which I feel like in the many years that we've done this, I have definitely gone out of my comfort zone several times. For sure. I think that a lot of times, at least for me, I pick a lot of the creative items, a lot of the, the weird things like make a portrait out of salt and pepper a lot of face painting, I guess, is something that I've done multiple years. I did a, a stop-motion Romeo and Juliet sock story this year. A lot of the creative things have really pushed me outside of the box and made me do things that I really didn't think that I could do. That I I drew a, um, a picture of... We had to do a portrait of a president as a zombie from the last of us so i did i think it was a click a clicker or those are the ones that has the exploded face yep so i did it as a clicker and i i'm not a painter man i'm not a drawer in general like (laughs) i can't draw but i was able to do that and i was happy with how it came out so i think it's just so amazing that it can really like get you to do things that you're like, I don't really think I could do that and out of your comfort zone completely. And somehow you manage to do it. I don't know if it's the motivation behind your team or what, but somehow I was able to do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. What was the one thing that you thought you weren't going to be able to do grill that you went? Yes, this turned out good. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know. I mean, I, I would say back to your original comment about the group stuff. I enjoy group stuff with a lot of people. The thing that was different this year is all the group activities we did were not like in a obnoxiously public place. <laughs> <laughs> Which is different from years in the past where it was just like, you know, dresses Jesus in Target. Like, eh, that's that's definitely not the type of stuff I'm into. But going out to a, you know, sparsely uh, populated area of Arizona to to throw a sheet over my head to dress as a ghost, (laughs) that's no big deal. So yeah, I think that's a Misha thing, though, yeah. is mm-hmm. to just like humiliate you yes. as much right. as possible. Again, the but, hunt. but think about it. If you're able to do stuff like that, then like standing up in front of a group of people, public speaking for your job isn't going to be a big deal. You know Very what I true. mean? So it really I think it helps push you into things like that. So in your life, you just become better at other things. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting to do, but I mean, like, it's a list of 200 things. So I think there's something on there for everybody to get into. And there's there's stuff that is just like, nope, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, I think that it is expansive enough that there's something out there for everybody to be able to participate in it. However, yeah, and it's probably good to try to push yourself into some things, Mm -hmm. but... 
I don't know. I, there, there's definitely some things that I've done throughout the years where it's like, now I just know, like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. There's a lot of hard no's for me, like public. Anything public for me is an absolute hard no. Yeah. I can't. I would never be able to pose well or be able to, like, spend time on image composition. I just get so embarrassed. Like, individual stuff. Group stuff, that's fine. That's yeah. a different story. But individual stuff, I'm glad that we have other people that are willing to pick that stuff up. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, and that's the other nice thing is having a good mix of people's, not only talents, but I guess desires to, to do the different types of challenges. I think it, it it's good to have a team that has a lot of that mix to it. So, And we've benefited from that pretty much every year. I think we've yeah, had a good, good range of people's interest. Well, and it's really neat that there's a lot of things that if you can't get out of your house because you're, you know, or work because you're stuck somewhere, that there's a lot of things you can do electronically, which is really nice, too. That's true. There really is a little bit for everybody. Um, just like Rail said, it, there's always a little bit that somebody will find that it's a hard no, but then there will always be something that even if you're not 100% comfortable with, like I wasn't comfortable with that painting, like you could still do it with the resources that you have and kind of give it your all and learn something about yourself yeah. while doing Ab- it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, yeah, you get to that. I mean, obviously this year, Vindy, you got to learn a lot about video editing. Yes. <laughs> That was her, though. She wanted to do the video editing because in the previous years, our editing was not that good. Right, Vindy? No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) But it was definitely a good experience to just be doing that all day. I mean, like, that's what I'm trying to go to school for. So I might as well. Yeah. Do it it. and experience it. Right. Just put put it in the portfolio now. And yeah. (laughs) that I spent the entire day editing videos and pictures. Hey. <laughs> no, I mean the actual results. <laughs> but those are the, yeah. put in there like, I spent two days editing videos. Like, uh, yeah, go to school. Uh, <laughs> I will have to say, though, that even though it was the one that I was, it took me the longest time to get all the, the cars together. The end result of our box rate, box car NASCAR race, was good. Was amazing. Oh, yeah. was it was so really good. good. Um, we really played that up very well. So, I'll post some of these on the on the Facebook side in case anyone's interested. But yeah, the, that one was really good. It's just some of these take a really long time. Some of them take a lot of setup. It it is really hot in Arizona, so yeah. a lot of the things we did we did in like a hundred degree weather in full dress outfits it was (laughs) dangerous at some points but i still had a lot of fun and for it being the last i'm sad that it's the last gish was but i got a lot out of all of them so i think i'm you're sated i'm sated it's sad that we're talking it up, and it was the last one. I know, yeah. yeah. It's like, this in is a great thing. iteration. <laughs> you should really do this. Oh, sorry. Just what? kidding. Just, Just kidding. kidding. No, I, I, think, uh, I think I'm okay with it being the last one of this. I mean, there's been a lot of illusions that something's going to replace it, possibly oh, yeah. on a smaller scale, yeah. which I would be okay with. Or I'd be okay with, you know slightly smaller teams and smaller item want. list. 
Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Like, 15 is a lot have, of like, people. 15 yeah. is rough. It's not the right number no. for this no. at it's, all. It's kind of like, you know, I'll, I'll throw this back to video games. You know when you did like WoW raids and it was oh, 40, God, yes. 40 man? Like, that was just too much. Like, too much to try to keep track of. EverQuest raids. EverQuest Shut raids up, were like 70, 72 people. But nonetheless, <laughs> like, once they said, you know, maybe we should make that like 20 or 25. It's like, okay, that's still a little unwieldy, but it was better. And then 10 man obviously was was really nice. I thought you were talking about Gishwas, and I'm like, no, 20 or 25 people for Gishwas. No, no, no. Just the equivalency. So reduce, so like go to like seven and a half people. (laughs) Yeah. Your first first challenge is to fight to the death (laughs) for one of your beeps, you have to split them in half. That would be great. That would be great. It would be so much better. And it would be the competition spirit. Hey, he's a whole person. He's just a little person. Nobody's guaranteed. So, yeah, it would be nice if we could shrink the teams down. Just a tad. I think think it would make some of the, especially anything where you had to coordinate between multiple people to get an item done, just easier. Yeah. That's true. This year, the crocheting thing was... It turned out awesome. Not going to lie. It turned it out awesome. a lot. But yeah, trying to get all the squares to one person and the, then the people here not knowing... Learning to knit in order to knit them together. That was... Yeah. That was impressive. We're the bomb, Vindy. Yeah. I mean, that was... All you getting them to send it to you because God knows all I did was ask everybody to submit a picture of themselves <laughs> and one word to describe themselves, and I couldn't even get that. So, like, whatever, guys. Send your square wherever you want. To. Well, Mindy, I mean, Dax was just asking for crocheting. You wanted. No, no, a- I was just asking for them to learn to crochet, so it's just learning to crochet. You wanted a word, though. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> it was way, like, over the limit. Like, yeah. you know, I'll do that, but I sure as fuck ain't going to do that. Like, right. <laughs> the line. <laughs> I think the re... I, but I'm kind of project manager-y when it comes to Gishwa, isn't it? I feel like. I agree, and we need that. I'm more of the... I'm I can, I'll get everybody together to do what needs to be done, but I'm not the one that does it because I'm not creative enough. I think that's why you end up with a lot of the group items, though. It's because you're, like, planning... Because, like, how you do with your parties that you have the really awesome parties that you plan, like, you'll plan it out, and you'll pretty much, like, get the idea for it, and then we all just kind of show up and dress up, like, (laughs) and stand and do whatever, you know? Just do what I say. Yeah, just move where I tell you to, and... Well, Take the picture. It's like when we were doing the teacup picture where we were having a oh, yeah. Old West shootout with teacups. Even you said, you're like, we're just props. Like, yep, yeah. Yep, we are. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out amazing when you guys listen to me. <laughs> it turned out so good. I honestly, you know, the vamp, we had a, one of our items was a zombie versus vampire mm. war. And then another item um, as Grell just said, was a high. It was a Western-themed shootout with teacups, and the zombie one was my favorite for 
all of two days before the high noon one. And that one is my favorite, I think. The picture came out so well. Yeah, it came out really, yeah. really, It is really super good. crisp and looks <laughs> super hot. Super yes. So, yeah, that one, there was a lot this year. Actually, honestly, this year I thought some of our submissions – like, even though I don't think we did as much as a team, uh-huh. there's more this year that I think would be book worthy than even last year. And, really? And yeah. by what we mean book worthy is every year they do take a lot of the submissions and put them on a coffee table book that you can purchase um, either in advance, kind of like a, the, a yearbook or after the fact. Everyone's, I mean, only one team out of 45,000 people win. So you winning the trip is probably not going to happen, but you getting in the book is a possibility. So Mm -hmm. that's why a lot of our pictures, a lot of the ones we took were geared towards that. And you're right. I think we had a lot more picture-worthy ones this time or book-worthy ones. Yeah, I think so. I think between like the high noon, the, the vampire one, uh, I the think unicorn one. The unicorn. Yeah. That was pretty solid. The the face painting was really yes. intricate, uh, and it was a good picture. The the race car thing, I don't know if that would make it in the book because it was a video, but it made it into the Hall of Fame or whatever it was. Like That, that I thought was good. Yeah, even your guy's rock climbing excavation. Excavation. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one I thought came out so well. I'm like... An- so hopeful because we always submit such large pictures like good quality Mm -hmm. good resolution pictures so hopefully you know one of these amazing photos that we've taken with this amazing quality that we're giving them will make it into the book i really hope so i hope so yeah we we really really did take some amazing photos so there was oh and the ones that they the virginia contingent did with the uh hat she looks so cute in that little raspberry. What is the raspberry beret? What mm-hmm. was, oh no, it was the kale hat. The kale. Oh yeah, yeah that was really good. Hat. That was good. Adorable. That was really yep. good. There was a lot of really good ones. Um, and her the bumblebee outfit was really good. Yeah. I, I forgot what that one was, but it had to do something with pollinating, right? Uh, something about or save the bees or yeah, yeah something, something about, about saving that. the bees. Yeah. The uh, Maximum Security Birdhouse was a really cute birdhouse, too. It was a cute birdhouse. So they built a little birdhouse, like kind of like a jailhouse. So we had a lot of really impressive... Um, the pizza. Oh, yeah. The pizza, the pizza artwork pizza, pizza was good. Pizza artwork pizza was really good. You had to do... Uh, you had to make a pizza in basically off of a famous painting. And... That was amazing. Mm-hmm. There seems to always be a pizza item. Right? Yes. Yeah, there always yeah. is some sort of pizza item. Yeah, there's always a few. Like we said earlier, there's always a team item where everybody has to send their picture in. And then there's usually an item that has to do with like feminine hygiene products. Yeah. Yeah, this year um, that there, one was really it was lame. Just, yeah, kind of like me. Did somebody do that? I don't believe so. Don't even know. So, I mean, yeah, overall, I think it's a, it's a good experience. And for those that have not partook in it, I would and say... you missed out! Well, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, no, I'd say keep, keep, you know, keep your eyes open because obviously something's going to replace it and you still may be able to get a part of the experience, hopefully, and it may even be a better experience because Absolutely. it may be more streamlined. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, we're at the halfway point, so we'll migrate yes. over into our next topic, which is on endings. And what, what got me triggered on this was I was reading... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Okay. You all right? That one got me triggered. Got Got me me triggered. triggered. You know it's going to be good. Keep going. Yeah. So uh, this was at, God, where did this come out of? It came out of E3, maybe, or no, Comic Con, I think, the the San Diego Comic Con. The Telltale Games was doing an interview there, and they were talking about my favorite one that they've done which is the wolf among us oh yeah that was good which was a phenomenal game and they were talking to them about is there any possibility that you guys when are you guys going to do a sequel for it and they were like well we're not sure if we're going to do a sequel for it and if we did it would probably be a different story like it wouldn't continue the story and the interviewer is like well the the end of the game is is very ambiguous like you don't really know what hap what's going on there's a lot of things left unresolved and their response was well yeah i mean we like that because it's it's open for interpretation we know what happened but what? we we weren't planning on continuing it. Now, whether or not that's true, it's hard to say because, like, literally the next day they announced Wolf Among Us Two is coming out. So I don't know if it's going to be a continuation or not, or if they're going to stick to what their original statements were. But it got me thinking about endings and how there's kind of two trains of thought of either having something that's really a more tidy kind of wraps up the story possibly leaves hooks or something to go forward but overall answers most of the questions versus something that's very much like you don't really know what happened it's it's up to you to interpret it and so what i wanted to see is looking at some of these examples what which do you guys prefer or don't prefer Oh, this is a good question. Um, My boyfriend and I were talking about this actually recently in terms of movies like Inception. Yes. Um, We're speaking about Leonardo DiCaprio. So Inception. Who doesn't speak about him? I know all the time. (laughs) Um, But we were uh, I had made a comment about how I, I like the way that they ended. But they're both very those movies. A lot of parts of them are open to interpretation. A lot of parts, we don't really know um, the full story of what's going on. And I think in some ways, like, I can appreciate, I don't need my ending to be wrapped up in a bow. But I can appreciate, you know, a little bit of speculation, a little bit of what's going on, or a little bit of opening for a a sequel or something. But it's kind of dependent on how you frame your story. You can't just, like, left left field that to an audience if you've been spoon-feeding them. Sure. Yes. For, for the agree. entirety of I the agree. movie. I agree. There's some things that can be left to interpretation. I like my stuff to have finality. Like, I like an ending, a solid ending that tells me what happened. Because whether I agree with it or don't agree with it, at least it's an ending. I don't like to be left with what happened. I hate I hate that feeling. I hate the what the heck was that kind of mm-hmm. feeling. And like I think you're correct about the ambiguous endings. So for example, Total Recall. That has an ambiguous ending because you don't sure. real you don't know whether 
he actually is he still is in he the still, is he still at recall yes. or is he actually on Mars or is he actually on Mars yeah I love that because through the whole thing that was that was part of the story mm-hmm. but if the whole story is you know this is the way things are and then at the end it's like oh but it's a dream or oh but you know it's not real or he's really crazy Unless it's done very well, kind of like maybe Sixth Sense, then it just doesn't work for me. I want an ending. I want something to say, ah, that's what happened. I think uh, the Sixth Sense is kind of, that's almost like a a twist, though. I wonder what the difference here is between a twist like that, like something in the Sixth Sense, and like an ambiguous ending. Like, are they the same thing? No, No, not really. I would say they're different. I think the twist is something that, you know, in the case of Sixth Sense, it still is to me a definitive ending. It, it explains what has happened in the entire movie. Oh, that's very true. So, whereas, like you said, Inception is a really good example of something where you're left, or Total Recall, where you're left, you don't know. And I think that one of the things as I thought about it, you know, one thing that, and I'll try to take these off the board, is either type of ending, if the if you do a bad job of it yeah, it's yeah. just gonna it's just suck bad. yeah so like doing an ambiguous ending where you're you leave and you're not going huh let me think about how i think that how it went through if you're leaving going i don't know what the hell just happened like none of that yeah. made sense then that's not a good ending that's, that's not a good way to do it it's probably not a good movie either and same with like even a uh you know one that tries to wrap it up if it doesn't wrap make sense the way they wrap it up then it really doesn't satisfy you either yeah so i think both of them but like look you know you mentioned in our last i mean last of us last of us ends with some definite questions and Uh, have you played through that vindy yes yes so i think and i mean had i played it before i knew they were making a sequel i would have been like oh man that that left me a little i wasn't as (laughs) like i wasn't like super hurt over it but knowing there's a sequel coming out I'm, i'm not as you know, pissed off that I don't get to figure out what actually happened with those characters. So like, like with uh, the wolf among us, right? Because after I played it, I was like, ah, what? Like, that's it. And it doesn't, I mean, that came out how many years ago? Oh God, I don't know. Five years, four or five. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're barely making a sequel. So you didn't know that was going to happen. You didn't know that a sequel was coming and you're left with this amazing story with amazing characters that you are really involved with. And then at the end, you're like, what? That's it? Yeah. I think when you really care about the storyline and the characters is when you really need to have some sort of ending. That's true. That's true. But I think a lot of... Maybe it's that writers are a little bit scared when people care so much of their about their characters, about their storyline. Um, Supernatural is a great example of this. Mm-hmm. That the writers get a little bit scared to do anything with them, because, especially in things that develop like a huge fan base. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a problem with people that work on these games taking idea, fan ideas and stuff like that. I think. I, I don't know if Game of Thrones is doing this, but it seems to be that a lot of the theories, like the really fleshed out solid theories that I've seen on Reddit, 
about Game of Thrones are are starting to come to fruition. And I know that the book has a like we're out of books now. Yeah. Right. So like part of me wonders like is somebody being like that's a good idea, you know, like and then it blossoms into an idea. So like I wonder, you know, if they're they're worried about not Game of Thrones aside, because they don't give a fuck, but if they're worried about what they're doing with their characters and where they're going, because maybe they'll upset the ideas or notions that the fans have created themselves about where they are, in some cases. Not in all. In some cases. Yeah. I mean, that's a possibility, for sure. I can see... I mean, a lot of that has happened with Supernatural. Yeah. Where the characters have just gone in places and you're like, what? That doesn't seem correct. But I feel like in something like that, that's a long-standing running show like that, it gives you a little more leeway because next week it'll be something different. Yeah. So you can at least play with it a little bit. Whereas with a movie, it's like two hours. This is what you've got. If you don't get it right the first time, it's not going to be right. It's going to be a bad movie, like we said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have that. But I I think even like Supernatural, that's a good example because it hasn't ended yet. But... (laughs) If you get to the end of it and you're left not really knowing the fate of the Winchesters versus them really tying it all, like which would you prefer out of that series? I want them to tie it up. It they doesn't better it, tie it up. It doesn't mean they have to <laughs> they better tie it up. It doesn't mean they have to die. It doesn't no, mean I don't mean that. That I, they have to leave I just want an ending. If it means them going their separate ways, if it means them having a normal life, if it means continuing hunting, if it means them transitioning into what older hunters would do, whatever. I just want an ending. Right. It's got to have some sort of ending. And if they want to leave it a little open for like a possible movie later on, that's fine. I just want an ending. Yeah. I think, okay. I mean, and I, but again, you, you'll get an ending, but you want a specific, I want, like, I want they went off ended, blah, blah, yes. blah, blah. Okay. So that makes, that makes sense. Because, I mean, like some of the more famous endings to long-running shows, uh, from an amb- ambiguous side, uh, The Sopranos. And Ugh. super ambiguous Ugh. in that it just goes to black without any real knowledge of what's going to happen to Tony Soprano and his entire family. Uh, I feel so, like that's kind of like a fuck you. To it be is that right? one. It felt like it. I was pretty. It really disappointed is. that that was what they decided to do with it. So you and that was the thought. It was like you're well, you're left now. You can create the ending you want for for them. And it's like well, that's stupid. That's not why I was. I wasn't watching this to create the ending. I was watching this to see what the ending was. <laughs> I was watching this because I liked your writing, not yeah, because I liked my mental writing. Exactly. So, I mean, but you have that. And then, you know, as we mentioned before, nailing a wrap-up ending, especially for a long-running series, is really hard to do as well. Yeah. Because it's hard to please, especially if you have something that's gone on for that long. And I can only think of a few instances, like the, the final episode of Breaking Bad does a good job. There's there's a few nitpicky parts that I have with it, but overall I thought it was a nice way to wrap up that series and it pretty much answers anything that you might have had out there for it. So that was great. Uh, but it's, you know, it there's a lot of examples where the final episode, the final episode of Seinfeld was pretty bad. 
Uh, there's a l- other episodes where, or even games, where they try to tie the entire series up. Gears of War 3 didn't do such a great job, I thought, at the end of that, even though they tried to explain everything and give you a wrapped-up em- ending. It's because it's bad pacing. Yeah, It's bad pacing, right? Like, yeah. You- you shouldn't try have to like at the very end, you know, the last five percent, like pick up all your shit off the floor. Exactly. Like you shouldn't have to do that. You should be preparing and slowly giving your audience a little bit, tidbit at a time, before you're the majority, like the big revelation or yeah. whatever. If people are knocking at the door, it's probably the wrong time to start picking up your house. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is what a lot of the T V shows run into. Because they don't give them time to end. That's one of the things that I don't like is they don't give shows. If you're going to cancel a show, I get you canceling the show. But give them more than one or two episodes to finish, especially a long-running show. You just, it would really satisfy the, I know it's probably because you're losing fans that you're, you know, you're, you're canceling a show, but... At least the fans that are left, you'll give them closure. And you never know nowadays who else is going to discover it through Netflix, through, you know, whatever. Even just downloading it off the um, the site for the channel site. So you never know who's going to rediscover these things. Um, what's the one show? Dollhouse comes to mind. Like Oh, yeah. Well, it just got canceled. So they, it just got canceled. Yeah. But then they did this one episode yeah. that where they tried to wrap up a lot of it. And they did their best with the time they had. But you could see that if they had had maybe two to three episodes to do that one last episode, it would have been an amazing ending had they just wrapped it up correctly. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely unfair that um, with TV, you know, one of the things that I appreciate about TV shows, a good TV show is when there's each season has a smaller subplot, but then there's an overarching story, an overarching, right. um, you know, conflict, whatever technical mm-hmm. term. But with TV, I, I do get that it's difficult because they don't give you enough time or you don't have any idea at the beginning of the season that you're going to get canceled. So you can't plan around that. Right. That's just a fundamental, like, a problem with storytelling and TV, I guess. Right. Like what can you do about that? Well, yeah, <laughs> not I th- much. I, I think it's more than, I mean, everything I think has that. I mean, for video games or for movies, if you have something where you're, you want to tell this story and then, you know, your budget gets cut or you've mm-hmm. run over your, your lot of money and you have to pare it down that can, you, you can see that in games or in movies as, as well. Absolutely. Or you just don't have the audience you thought you were going to have. I, you know, I think of Sense8 and thank God that the audience that they did have went out there and said, we want a real ending. And now they're going to give us a two hour ending, which I hope is amazing because the show was amazing. Yeah. Um, But I think also one of the other things is you also, especially in TV, is you get some shows that they only came up with a story for say three seasons and Mm -hmm. it gets really popular. And so then you start going past kind of where they thought the story was going to end. So, and I think that a lot of times in TV, people are guilty of that as well, of 
carrying something on longer than it was really ever planned to, to go. And then you can see the quality dip and then you get an ending, whether it's ambiguous or on point, it's, it usually falls short of your expectations because it really was never intended to go on that long in the first place. Yeah, yeah. but I can, I can see being, I'd rather, I feel like I'd rather be disappointed in an ending than go, I don't know what happened at the end of that or I don't like that I have no clue what is going to happen well yeah I get that I'm just saying I would rather them just say you know yeah this is great this is really popular maybe we can do a spin-off show but this was planned to go four seasons we're ending it at four seasons well again but you could make an argument for that or you can make an argument for for example Supernatural that wasn't meant to be you know 13 seasons long and yes are some of the shows crap absolutely however some of the later shows, a few of them have been really, really good. When they get one of the some of those really good writers in there, you get some really great gems. And I feel, in my opinion, the few gems we get are worth the other junk. <laughs> I, I I kind of agree with Grail. I think it's because we're like the English purists, like yes. the story purists. Like I I appreciate how laid out. Um, for example, like we were saying, Supernatural, the first five seasons right. were yes. It was it was meant to be five seasons. It was meant to end after five seasons. There's an overarching plot. Each of the seasons have little tiny itsy bitsy plots. Fantastic, and you can see after that they were they have now transitioned to a. I don't fucking know if we're going to be renewed next season. So let's have these little tiny smaller subplots. And while I love the show, you know I love the show. The first five seasons to me were like the storytelling masterpiece. Oh yeah, like, because the they already had that. They, they knew where they were. They going. knew where they were going. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like I said, sometimes you can get some really great writers in there that take the story in a new direction, and it just it's really good. You but, can, but I, I think again, it just depends if it's intended to be that or not. Obviously, Supernatural, I think, is transitioned into their new mode which is more of a season to season where mm -hmm. like yes. you said the first five seasons had an overarching story yes. now it's kind of the big bad of each season and then some sort of thing to set up the next big bad for the next, next season, season at the yeah. end of the, the previous yeah once they once they've realized once they've gotten the go that they're renewed, they're renewed. once they right. come back from the hiatus that's yeah. when they start working on the tie-in for the next season yeah which i mean i my one of my favorite episodes is didn't start till season six, so the storyline was supposed to end in season five, but the French mistake wasn't until season six, and that was one of my favorite episodes because it was so funny. As far as, I mean, it wasn't the most emotional of episodes, and I do like where they get very emotional and heartfelt, but that episode was hilarious. It was put together really well. I love that they made fun of themselves in it, and I, it wasn't until after the show would have been canceled had it not run through and some of the characters we met that we like so much you know Rowena wouldn't be in any of these has it had it not gone for longer so I feel a lot of the characters I really like are in some of the later seasons and uh we wouldn't have gotten that had they just stuck to their timeline yeah but I mean, we could say that for anything. Like, you know, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to do this if you didn't. Uh, you know, maybe if I don't go out tomorrow, like I don't have the opportunity to do this or that. Like, I feel like we could talk ourselves in circles in ter terms of, like, 
the writer wouldn't have created this character, wouldn't have created this episode, but maybe they would have created something else for another TV show. Like, I mean, that's a possibility, too. We don't know if they could have done a spinoff, if they would have been more apt to try to make a spinoff, and maybe they would have given some of the success pie to like the wayward girls or something, you know, a little bit earlier if they didn't have the main focus of beating the shit out of that dead horse. Like, well, I feel like, I feel like, well, we wouldn't have gotten a lot of the wayward girls had, had it not been for the later seasons. Cause Mm -hmm. it really, that idea really came from the later seasons, which I love. And I think it took that long that many seasons for people to fall in love with the girls in Supernatural. Because before, they hated the girls. I don't know why. I don't know what was the problem. But they hated any female that had any romantic tie to any of the men. But they were written badly, I think, in my opinion. Like, when you write a girl that's vapid and just literally oh, yeah. only exists for a romantic interest, like, no. Yeah, but I don't like that. Ruby didn't really exist only for a romantic interest, and neither did Meg. Um, But she wasn't, they weren't, they were fleshed out as bad characters, but like we didn't learn anything about their backstories other than very, very minimal about Ruby being a witch. Like, I, you know, I want to know more about, we just knew they were bad guys. Well, yeah. Well, I think though, I mean, Again, like you said, you could probably make an argument either way for it extending past it. I guess tying it back to the topic, to me, they will be extremely hard-pressed to come up with an ending in season 13 or whatever their final season is. 14. 14. (laughs) That will equal, let alone top, their ending for season 5. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Because uh, that's the story. I mean, the story was told and ended there. And I think now, again, you, you know, maybe you got gems or not, but I think you've seen this with not only that show, but shows like Lost, uh, where it just it, went, it went past what the writers or the creator originally intended because, you know, whatever, it was making money, I'm sure, mm-hmm. is, is most likely the, the common reason to, to let a show keep going. And I think because of that, whether or not you get gems or or anything in between, then I think you definitely have a lesser ending. It's very hard for me to think of an example where something like that's happened, where you get still a very good ending that you'll be satisfied with. I think if they want to do, if they want to do the fans right, Mm -hmm. um, they would hire a really really good writer for the last ones and they would really put some thought into it just because I feel that if someone has stuck with you you know 10 11 12 13 years whatever they deserve a really really thought out ending now whether they agree with the ending or not you know if they marry off boy the, both the boys to some beautiful sure. woman and live in a white picket fence and I would hate that ending but if they really put thought into it, at least I would be like, okay, well, the story was fantastic up until I don't think they would do that, but whatever. But I feel like anything that goes on that long, you really have to, you have to thank your fans for it. They've been around for so long and they've hung, out, they've hung in there through <laughs> some truly awful things that I feel like if you just give them a solid ending, it'll be fine. But if you leave it ambiguous after this long I don't know. Revolts may happen. <laughs> <laughs> there may be rioting in the streets. I don't know. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I mean, I, what do you guys think about like an ending like Inception, where like kind of the resolution of the plot for that entire movie is really contingent on what you think happened? Right, right. And I think that one's you know I think that and like what Dax brought up around Total Recall again. I think ambiguous endings can be good, but they you have to really work to make it work. And yeah. in the case of Inception and Total Recall, like you go back through the movie and mm-hmm. they never tip their hand to you one way or the other, which is so key to do. And but still give you enough context that you can then go from the point they leave you and make arguments as to how what you think is actually happening. I think one of the other big things is they give you a definitive choice at the end. Yes. That works really well. In Inception, it's is he asleep or is he awake? Yes. In Total Recall, it's kind of the same thing. Is he on Mars or is he just rem- had these memories all implanted? Yes, exactly. I, I like that. There has to be... And that, that choice... L- they set it up throughout the whole movie. It wasn't just like a quick, in the yeah. last five minutes, we're going to make right. it ambiguous. Yeah. It was a setup from beginning to end to get to that point. That is, to me, an ending. Yeah. And that, I think, is interesting, because then I think you get some really interesting you know, discussion. Like, I got super obsessed about Inception <laughs> and read tons of message <laughs> oh my boards God. and all these different theories. And, where, and so, like, my canon for it is that he was asleep and that not only not only to me was it interesting to say whether or not he was asleep but when did he go to sleep because that's a huge thing too because he goes in and out of dreams Mm -hmm. a lot throughout the movie and at what point did the whole thing start becoming a dream is you know there was a lot of discussion and a lot of like looking through the scenes but in the end there's no way any of us you know unless you're uh Oh, God, what's his name? The guy that directed it. Uh, David, uh, the guy that did Batman. Damn it, can't think of his name. Oh, Nolan. Sorry, Chris Nolan. Unless you're, unless I'm like, I don't Chris, know what Unless you're Chris Nolan about. or one of the writers, you really you can't say definitively one way or another, which is good. Very true. Yeah. No, and like I said, to set up from the beginning, I feel like it's yeah. an ending. Now, if Chris Nolan had come out and said, "Oh, I know what happened, but I'm never, I'm not, I'm going to do <laughs> Inception too, but we're not going to revisit those characters," I'd be like, "Oh, screw you!" <laughs> I would make him a Kate that said, "Fuck Nolan." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little inside joke there. Yeah. Um. So. I uh yeah so I think I I definitely I'm okay if that's what the writers are going yeah. for trying to set up that amb- ambiguity however you know if they know what the ending is and they're just doing it as kind of like a I don't know to me that's lazy then Yeah I agree I think if there's thought in yeah. it's it's fine So what about you Vindy what what is your thoughts on that Yeah I I again I really think that it has to be set up properly that's you know what I was saying earlier it yeah. it has to be inlaid into the plot you can't just dump something on your audience when it's inlaid properly too i think like we were saying again earlier it the breadcrumbs are there you're not just trying to resolve everything at the end right it's it the pacing is perfect it's perfection which allows you to do that because if something's off if the audience feels like they don't have a question that's answered then that won't work because the audience shouldn't be thinking about the loose end. They should be thinking about the ending. They should be thinking about that in itself. Like, what happened? Right. Not, 
something weird about, oh, well, I thought he was over there at one point in time. What happened to that other person? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if it's that it's in movies in particular, not TV. If it's that writers don't care or if it's that they're constrained by their production companies in terms of script requirements, length requirements, length issues. But it seems like a lot lately, like people don't wrap up things or lay things down. Let me not wrap up, lay things down properly for the audience right. to interpret them. It just seems like a fucking mess. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Of information thrown at your face for two hours. Pretty much. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I think there's a, there, and I, I, like you said, I'm not sure what it is, if it's a constraint on the, the time or if a producer said, no, or, you know, you may not think the scene fits, but we're putting it in there uh, or we're taking it out, you know, whatever. It, if they don't have that or if they don't stay consistent in what they're trying to get to at the end, mm-hmm. like if they basically have, you know, like if we had Inception and at some point in the movie, like you, it, it was clear that that he was awake like he drops something or, or whatever that would blow out your ending then. yeah so yeah, it, exactly. yeah. It, it has to be done in such a way that it keeps you wanting to you know argue one way or the other as to what you think happened it's got to be tight you gotta tight. keep that pacing tight tight exactly tight like a tiger it's true it's true yeah all right so i think uh that'll bring us nicely to a final close now we may end this one descriptive or maybe we'll just end it'll be very ambiguous as to what happened to us <laughs> well many things have happened many things have happened during this podcast yet again anyhow check us out on the web at www.alphageekradio.com you can find us there along with plenty of other shows for your ears pleasure as well as even your eyes pleasure because there are videos uh, live streamed as well as podcasts and video casts hit us up on the twitter you can find me at grail ch at daxa ch and at vindy underscore check us out on facebook we post our episodes there daxa does that every so often i do <laughs> i do every so often so you never know uh you can also subscribe to uh, us on itunes as well as uh, rss feed on the website and with that i have been grail i'm bindi and i've been daxa and we are Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N.com.